You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to training, nutrition, and motivation. Achieve your best body ever in the least amount of time. This is podcast episode number 246. In this episode, the most effective sets and reps for each level of fitness, three reasons why you need more protein, and simple steps to keep you on track, plus updates, true confessions, and new projects. So yes, I'm finally back and I'm definitely going to be doing regular postings. I know the last time I did regular posts were in 2016. I know that's kind of lame, but there's been a lot going on. A lot of things I'm going to tell you about. Some good, some not so good. Um, but I'm going to save that to the end. That way, you know, if you want to play catch up with me, you can wait till the end and hear all of it. Um, if not, then hey, you don't have to worry about it. But in this episode... Um, I've got some really good things that we're going to talk about, things that I get a lot of questions about, and that is what are the best sets and repetitions for different levels? Well, that also corresponds with different goals as well, but we'll get into some more details when we get to that part. Um, there's also going to be our nutrition part on protein, and then, of course, motivation. Now, with motivation, I'm actually going to change that a little bit. We're definitely going to do it. It's going to be somewhat of an overview, but maybe not as detailed as it used to be because I have a new project and that's called Strong and Powerful. And that is also going to be a podcast. And there's also some YouTube um, videos that we're starting on that channel as well. So a couple of different things to look for. But um, that one is kind of a, a special thing. I've talked about it now and then, but I'm actually getting it rolling now. Uh, finally, kind of like along with everything else. So I think I've got everything pretty well planned out so I can stay on track. And oddly enough, that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode for motivation. Something else that's new. I have a new setup as far as the microphone and everything. And I'm also in a new house. Well, not so much new from two years ago, but same house. But anyways, um, the, the vents tend to make noise. So if you hear something that sounds like, like jingles or maybe just rattling in the background, that's what it is. That means my air conditioner is running. So um, that may or may not pick up. I'm not sure. But those kind of things kind of tend to bug me just knowing that they're there. So, you know. That's just what's going to be there until I figure out exactly where I'm going to be doing the podcast and what room is the quietest and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's just easier to do it where I can and, well, well, deal with some of the background noise. So we'll still be working those things out as I get back into the regular episodes. In the next several podcasts, we're going to be going over sets and reps for different effects. And we're also going to go through several different training methods and training cycles so that you can really put together your best plan for going to the gym. Um, and whether you're novice, beginner, advanced, or any of the combination of, you'll have something to do that you'll know is the right thing for your goal. Now, the most important thing about training is to make sure that you have a plan. And too often people go into the gym, they say, oh, I'm going to do a little this, a little that, whatever. And there's no plan. So it, without a plan, there's no way you can get to where you want to go. It's like having a map in the car. If you don't know where you're going, you're just going to kind of drive around aimlessly. Um, whereas if you do have a plan, a map, maybe some instructions, then you're going to get there that much faster. And the same thing is definitely true in the gym. You can do a 20-minute workout. 
that's very effective, or you can spend an hour in there just kind of wandering around and not really doing much that's going to change your body. And that can be sometimes why you don't see changes in your body. Maybe you're being consistent, but maybe you're not really following a set plan and everything is kind of haphazard as far as the reps and the sets and the exercises that you do. Now, certainly it's good to have adaptability because sometimes you go to the gym and you want to do the leg press, but people are on it the whole time. So you need to be able to adapt and do something similar, maybe squats or maybe some lunges. And those might not be your favorite, but still, you know, it's something that you can change if needed. So keep in mind that you always have a set plan. It may not always evolve perfectly, but at least you know what you're going to do before you head into the gym. So when we're talking about making a workout program, you want to figure out what the most effective sets and repetitions are. So those are going to be based on what level of fitness you are at. And that means not necessarily how strong you are, but maybe you've worked out for a long time. You just took off like a month. Um, That would make you probably more of an intermediate to an advanced workout plan. Um, If you are completely new, or maybe you've just been inconsistent for years on end. That would put you more in that beginner category. So choose what level of fitness you're in. And basically for our purposes, we're going to put them as beginner to intermediate, advanced, and then certain effects that all of them, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, need to do within these different workout programs. So of course, there's going to be different numbers of sets, repetitions, the amount of weight, and even training methods can vary depending on what level you're at. Now, the most important thing to remember is that you need strength. So whether you're trying to lose weight, I should say, especially if you're trying to lose weight, you need to do your strength training. You need it for your weight loss to impact your metabolism. You need it for your balance, for your daily activities. So your weight training is going to give you strength and flexibility. And depending on how you do it, it can give you some cardiovascular benefits too. But it's not the same for cardio. Cardio is not going to give you the same strength and flexibility that you will get with strength training. So don't do cardio saying, I'm training my legs and that's all I need to do because that's not the truth. Now, if you're trying to change your body or even just have a more healthy body as you get older, then you definitely have to incorporate and even prioritize strength training. So let's dive right into that as far as what you need to do and how we are going to break it up for these different fitness levels. Now, I will have this written down on the show notes, which is at fitgirlguide.blogspot.com because I know a lot of this might be a little tricky to try to remember because we're going to be going over how much weight you should use, um, how many repetitions you should be doing, how many sets, your tempo, how much rest in between sets, and how many days a week for each level. So that can be a little overwhelming unless you just really focus on your particular level. So the first one is the beginner to intermediate. And when we say using a certain weight, we'll say loads of 60 to 70% of your one rep maximum. Now, do you actually have to figure out your one rep maximum? Sort of. You really don't have to just do one. There's actually formulas that will say, well, if you can do 10 repetitions at this weight, then your one rep maximum would be X. So that way you don't actually have to sit there and try to kill yourself getting to that one rep maximum, which can be very dangerous, especially if you're a beginner. 
So there's some different um, formulas that I'll put up there or at least links to them so that that can help you figure that out. But you're basically, when you're saying 60 to 70%, that's kind of your effort level too. So you're not giving 110%. You know, you're, you're working within something that is very doable and something that you can complete. You're not trying to go to failure. Now, when you're also in that beginning to intermediate stage, you're keeping your repetitions between about 8 and 12. And that's actually kind of a good range for most people, especially if you're looking for weight loss or just general strength. So basically, I would call that 10 plus or minus 2. So what that means is that your real goal is 10 repetitions, but if you can do 12, then you're going to increase the weight and shoot for eight repetitions. And then you're going to keep working on that until you can get to 12 again, and then you increase it. So if you were to increase the weight and you couldn't get eight, then you would know that weight's too heavy. So you need to back off. So that kind of gives you a range to know because you're not always going to be absolutely the same each time you work out. One day you might be a little stronger than another. Um, that's why it's important to keep a workout log so you can look and see what you did last time so that you can either challenge yourself or at least have a rough idea of where you're going to begin. Now, with your beginners and intermediates, you're talking one to three sets. So one set is an exercise done for eight to 12 repetitions. So that means you would be doing that same exercise one, two, or three times. Now, obviously, if you're a beginner, you're going to do it once. If you're um, intermediate, you're probably going to do three sets. You can also use one set as a warm-up and then one set as a working set and do just two sets. You know, there's different ways to mix that up. Now, your speeds or your tempo, you always want to keep them controlled. That's the most important thing in pretty much every exercise you do. Your, your slow to moderate speeds are going to be the best ways to go. For some exercises, it's counting up in three and down in three. Some of them, it's up in two and down in four. Uh, tempo is a whole other parameter that we get into later on that you can change to make different impacts on your body and on the muscles. Um, so it's something that would be equivalent to changing the number of repetitions or your weight because it's that important in the way you work out. So when in doubt, always slow down. Um, most people go way too fast, and that's just going to create momentum, and you're not really going to work your muscles as effectively. Now, when you're talking about how much rest do you need in between your sets, you can go anywhere from two to three minutes. Now, if you're looking more towards the weight loss spectrum, then I would actually say one minute, maybe even less, just kind of depends on where you are. Um, three minutes is kind of a lot for resting when you're a beginner to intermediate. That that would be more for uh, pure strength. So if you're into that advanced level, I think that would be more appropriate. So let's just say the one minute, one and a half at the most. Um, you definitely have to give yourself some rest time in between sets. So definitely at least 30 seconds. And that's a perfect time to get a sip of water or to do a stretch for one or two body parts. So you're moving quickly, but you're always kind of moving at the same time. Now, beginners would want to work out two to three days a week on alternate days, usually, especially if you're doing a full body. And your intermediate trainers may want to go three to four times a week. And again, it could be splitting it up um, infinite numbers of ways, which is full body or upper body, lower body, and or 
uh, push-pull, and it, that's a whole other thing we'll get into later on. Um, but right now, you're just focusing on the consistency and making sure that you're getting the workouts done. Now we move on to advanced. It's kind of a big jump between beginner intermediate to advanced, but I think sometimes your intermediate advanced can kind of be closer than not. I don't even know if that even makes sense, but you could be an intermediate at the higher level versus an intermediate towards the beginner level, if that makes sense. Anyhow, um, your advanced workouts are going to be using heavier loads, and that's because your muscles are more conditioned. They're more able to to handle these heavier loads without injury. So you would be looking towards your 80 to 100% of your one rep max. And of course, 100% of your one rep max is your one rep max. So I'm not really sure why they put that in the parameters, but hey, that's what it is. So you're basically pushing yourself pretty darn hard. And with that, since you're doing heavier weights, you're looking at maybe five to six repetitions. So this is strength training. And for some people, it can build bulk at the five, six repetition range. But also if you're cycling these through, which means you'll do this type of workout, say for maybe three weeks, that's not going to be enough to cause a whole bunch of bulk. But in the same respect, if you're a woman trying to lose weight, you need to have some strength and you need to impact that metabolism. So doing a three-week cycle of exercises at six repetitions is definitely very beneficial. Don't think that you're going to bulk up. Think that you're going to boost your metabolism with that. Because remember, everything cycles through. You don't do the same thing all the time for more than maybe four weeks at a time. Now, with the advanced training, you're going to have a variation of the tempos. So some exercises will be done slowly, some will be moderately done, some will be even fast. Um, and it's not so much the whole entire exercise being fast, but some portions of exercises can be explosive. And the example of that would be for squats. You know, you would come down under control and then you'd be a little more explosive coming upward. So it's not that you're jamming your joints or anything. You're just getting a little more explosion out of the bottom of that squat. So it's a power sort of move at that point. When you're a beginner and intermediate, you're doing it more under control in both directions, down and up, and just making sure you're using the right muscles and pushing through the heels and keeping the quads in the front of the legs nice and tight as you go down, pushing more with the glutes and hamstrings as you go up. Now, when you're advanced, it's pretty much considered you know how to use your muscles correctly in each exercise, so you will be able to get more control and more out of it. Now, of course, you're also going to be doing multiple sets and doing it in what's called a, a periodized sequence, which for some people is going to be going um, repetitions up or down or pyramiding them or just any sort of cycle sequence. So whether it's doing six reps for three weeks and then 10 reps for three weeks, there's a bunch of different ways to mix that up. Now, in some of the research I did, they were basically promoting one to two minutes of rest between multiple sets. And I, I really don't think that's true for when you're going this heavy. You definitely need more rest. Um, you may be capable of doing one to two minutes rest, but if you're really trying to, to gain strength, you're going to be looking more at the two, three, or maybe even four minutes of rest uh, in between the different sets because you have to give that muscle a chance to recuperate a little bit more so that you can continue with that heavy of a weight because 
we're looking at 80% of your maximum, and, and that's quite a bit. So I would push that more onto the two to three minutes side uh, for your advanced strength. And then three to four days a week. I mean, for most people, three to four days a week is really enough. Um, four days would probably be optimum just because it's a good way to split up and you get your body some rest a little more consistently. Because remember, your body actually changes not when you're in the gym, but when you're outside of the gym. So it's that recovery time and the fuel that you give your body in the form of food that's going to make a big difference in how you're going to look. You know, you have to recover. So everything all works together. Now, of course, there's certain exercises that everybody should do, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced. And one of the protocols is to do your larger muscle groups first and then your smaller muscle groups. And the reason for that is that when you do larger muscle groups, you're automatically engaging some of the smaller muscle groups. So, for example, if you're doing your back, you're automatically working some of your biceps and some of your shoulders. So, you wouldn't want to do biceps and shoulders first because then they would be too fatigued for you to actually do your back. So you want to focus on that larger muscle first. The other reason is that that muscle is one that's more geared towards strength. And when you're talking about strength and a large muscle, you're talking about burning a lot more calories and boosting your metabolism, which is kind of the whole name of the game for everything. It's not just burn calories when, while you're working out. It's burn calories all day long because your metabolism is higher because you have more muscle that comes from the strength training. Now, the types of exercises usually want to gear towards those multi-joint exercises. And it sounds kind of like a big word, but it's not. It just means things that are moving multiple pieces of your body. So your pull-ups or pull-downs, your squats, lunges, um, not isolation exercises. Okay, those are the ones that there's a time and place for. But, you know, when we're really trying to impact the metabolism. You want to go for ones that are going to command more of your body to work at one time. Now, of course, there's also unilateral and bilateral and doing one arm at a time or alternating the arms, which is the same thing right there. Uh, different focuses for you, just changing the exercise a little bit. Um, sometimes it makes it a little bit easier or harder, and you know, there's just infinite numbers of ways to mix things up. So that's why you want to go into the gym with a plan, and then you're going to have to change that plan in anywhere from three weeks to four weeks, depending on your length of cycles. If you're new, then your cycle length is going to be longer. It'll take your body a little longer to adapt. But if you're advanced, your body's going to adapt a little more quickly because it's more experienced, but you still need to give at least two or three weeks on one program. So that way your body can adapt to it before you change it. Because if you're always changing it, your body never adapts. And that's the key to getting stronger. Your body learns to adapt to whatever you're pushing it towards, and that's how it gets stronger. And then, of course, with strength comes muscle, and with muscle comes metabolically active tissue, which means your metabolism is up all day long, even while you're sitting on the couch doing nothing. Doesn't necessarily mean bulk, because there's a completely different protocol for that. So don't be worried about that. Definitely make sure you're using as challenging a weight as you can if you want to get the most benefits.
And remember, your goal is to increase strength. So you do want to progressively increase the amount of resistance you're using. So even if it's just by one pound, that's going to make a difference. I mean, one pound adds up over a period of time to five pounds, 10 pounds, and so on. So you definitely want to make sure that you're keeping a log so you can say, well, I did eight repetitions at 80 pounds last time. Let's see if I can do nine repetitions or 10 repetitions, you know, different things that you can kind of trigger and help to challenge yourself. So once you've determined which level you are, then it's time to figure out your training methods and your different cycles. So your cycles are going to be those things that you change every three or four weeks. And then, of course, the methods are the ones that you would use. And sometimes it changes and sometimes it doesn't. So it just kind of depends on what you're doing. Or I should say what your goals are. So think of a cycle as a period of time using one method of training. Now, most people that I see, at least, don't go to the gym with a plan, yet alone a cycle of training methods. And this is really why a lot of people never see themselves change. They're stuck doing the same things, but they're expecting different results. Now, think about the last time you went to the gym. Did you have a plan before you actually stepped foot inside the gym, or did you just wing it? You really can't have the same intensity that you need to see real changes in your body if you don't have a goal of a previous weight or number of repetitions that you had accomplished, you know, some way to challenge yourself. So knowing that you did five sets of squats at 100 pounds for 10 repetitions last week will challenge you to do more. Maybe you'll look at it and you'll say, well, maybe I'll try 105 pounds for 10 reps. And maybe by keeping that log, you'll see that, well, I didn't get all the sets at 105 for 10 reps. I got three of them, and then the last two I could only get eight repetitions. So then your next goal for that following week would be to go to 10 repetitions on those last two sets. So there's always some way to challenge yourself to push yourself to at least do the same, if not one rep better. So you have to know from where you've come in order to get where you want to go. So keeping track of that. And then it's always very gratifying to look at the end of a couple of months and you'll see the changes in the weights. Also, when you go back to do a similar program or similar exercise or even that same exercise, you can look and see exactly where you left off. And that certainly saves you time in trying to figure out what weight to use when you begin a different cycle. Now, I have several clients who are actually advanced level exercisers, and they know how to train hard, but they rely on me to create a program that challenges and changes according to their goals. We, we don't necessarily change the plan every week, but we do meet, we review, and complete the workout each week so I can make sure that their form is right, their intensity is right, that they're pushing themselves enough. And there are some times where we'll make subtle adjustments to the exercises, like maybe we're doing a progression where they're going to end up doing something on one leg, and we started out with two legs and maybe some different stability issues or whatever, but um, minor changes. And then at the end of a cycle, it would be a whole new workout. And yes, in case you're wondering, I do also offer these online. 
You can go to fitnessmakeover.com for details. There's custom programs and there's online check-ins. And there's, there's actually several different things that can help you if you're an advanced exerciser or even if you're just a beginner and you need to know where to start for your particular goals. So now comes the big question of when you're actually planning your training cycles, how do you know what to do? Well, I'm going to talk to you today about five different methods of training, and each of these can be cycled for three to 12 weeks, depending on your training level. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on each one right now, but I will in each podcast after this. We'll go into some really big details on each one of these training methods. So the methods are eccentric exercises, periodization, circuit high intensity exercise, rest pause technique, and maximize hypertrophy by combining all theories of hypertrophy, which is metabolic stress, time under tension, and greater intensity. So in the next few episodes, we'll be going through each one of those methods in more detail so that you can decide which ones you want to use and how you want to cycle them. So there was a lot to cover in that section. Be sure to check the show notes to get all the details straight. In nutrition, we're going to talk about protein and three reasons why you need more of it. You may not be getting enough, and these are some really good reasons to think about when you're picking your food choices. And this is true no matter what your goal is. Now, when you're eating to either maximize strength or to lose weight or just to be healthy, you want to eat several meals throughout the day. And with each one of those meals, you want to have a protein. So ideally, at least three times a day, but more preferably four times a day, having protein. So at every meal, that's going to help to boost your metabolism. See, eating protein foods can actually increase your metabolism for a few hours. And who wouldn't want to eat rather than do cardio to boost your metabolism? Um, there's actually a, a name for this. It's called the thermic. And it's caused by the extra calories required to digest, absorb, and process the nutrients in your meal. So protein actually causes the largest rise in the thermic effect of food. And can actually increase your metabolic rate by 15 to 30% compared to 5 to 10% for carbs and 0 to 3% for fats. So that's why it's so important to have that protein, not just for the muscle building principles, but the fact that you're actually going to be boosting yourself 15 to 30% more. Than so when you start putting together all these different ways to boost your metabolism, it makes for a much more efficient fat loss or much more efficient. A second key reason for eating more protein is that eating protein has actually been shown to help you feel more full and that'll help you prevent you from overeating. And there's actually a very small study found that people were likely to eat around 441 fewer calories per day when protein made up 30% of their diet. And 30% is de definitely a very doable and very healthy percentage of protein in your diet. So it's something you can aim for. Um, the 40-30-30 is a good 
program as well. Some people like to do that one. Um, I think that was the zone is, is how that was figured. But anywhere from 25 to 35% of your protein, um, because you do need to have fats and carbs. Those are not the enemies. Um, so you really can't have all protein. So just balance. And the third great reason is because eating more protein can also help reduce the drop in your metabolism that's often associated with losing fat. And this is because it helps you to prevent you from losing muscle, which is a common side effect of dieting. And a lot of times it's you lose muscle when you're dieting because you're cutting things out that you need, whether it be the carbs or whether it be the protein or whether it's just that you're running your body down on less food. So by increasing the amount of protein you're eating, you're giving yourself a better chance of maintaining your muscle and that way maintaining your metabolism because your muscle is your metabolism. So your bottom line here is that eating more protein can boost your metabolism, burn more calories and help you eat less. So it's a great all the way around for your health, your metabolism and your goals. Now in our motivation section, we are going to change it just a little bit. I'm not going to go into as extreme the detail as I probably have in the past, um, because that's going to be with the new Strong and Powerful podcast. One thing that most people struggle with is staying on track. A lot of times it's just as hard to get started, but it's even harder to stay on track. So I'm going to give you some simple steps. There's actually eight steps. We're going to split them up over the next couple of podcasts and go into some more details um, to help you stay on track. So it's going to be define your motivation, choose an attainable goal, design your own plan, visualize, get your priorities straight, uncover emotional obstacles, celebrate every achievement, and forgive yourself. So those are the eight steps or the eight step plan to help you stay on track. And pretty much either any one of those alone will help you stay on track too. So by fine tuning one or all of them, it should really keep you on track all the time. So let's go into a little more detail on the first two. So defining your motivation. And I know we've discussed this in some previous podcasts, finding out your why. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to be able to run faster? Why do you want to be able to bend your leg like a pretzel? I mean, different people have different goals. Flexibility is one of them. So start listing all the reasons you can think of for wanting to accomplish whatever the goal is you're focusing on right now. And, you know, this doesn't even have to be fitness related. You can have any goal and think about why you want to achieve this goal. Now, another part of defining your motivation is also looking to see what other people might be involved. So highlight anything that might include other people because sometimes those can be good and sometimes not so good because sometimes people can be helpful and supportive. But sometimes if you're looking for some sort of validation, then other people are not very helpful. So take out whichever things are not really going to help with your motivation. Now, look at your list of why you wanted to accomplish this item and look for phrases like have to or must 
or anything that doesn't sound like it's something that you would enjoy. So those type of words really imply more obligation rather than a desire to achieve. So change those to wanting. I want to do this because I'm going to get this in return. So you want to go exercise because you're going to feel better or you want to eat healthy because you want to lose weight. And you'll start to notice these phrases in your daily talk and try to change them every time you say, oh, I have to go to the gym. Oh no, I want to go to the gym. So make sure you take time to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself. Now, you're going to review these different reasons, and you can prioritize them, but you also have to look at which ones are truly relevant and maybe get your list a little smaller because the less reasons why you have you want to achieve this goal, the easier it is to stick with it. So find two, maybe three at the most of the most compelling reasons you want to achieve your goal. And those are going to be your motivation go-tos. Those are the ones that you're going to look at. You're going to write on a three by five card. You're going to say those things every single day. And that's defining your motivation, defining your why. Now, choosing an attainable goal may actually come before or after that previous step. Definitely want to start small. Okay, don't say you want to rule the world when you first need to figure out how to start your car, okay? One little step at a time. Um, Sometimes you have to take your goal, your your long-term goal, and work backwards so that you can have those smaller pieces. So maybe you wanna lose 100 pounds in a year. Okay, we'll start figuring that out per month. And then for each month, what do you need to accomplish? What do you need to do each week? Do you need to exercise four times a week, five times a week? Break it down. And then, of course, to each day, what do you need to do each day? Is it make the healthy choices? Is it prepare your food? Is it um, do your exercise? What is it that you have to do each day? And that way you can see that if if you're able to break down your goal, then it's going to be achievable. If you're not able to break it down, then you might be running into some different types of obstacles. And that's something that you're going to have to consider. You'll definitely have to evaluate for yourself, is this goal truly achievable? Do you want to build a rocket to fly to Mars? Well, maybe it's not achievable. Maybe it is. But when you start taking it backwards and working down those little steps, what are my milestones that I need to achieve in order to get to that end goal? You may find that, yeah, this is really doable. Or you may find that, no, it's not. And I need to reevaluate this goal. Maybe it makes more sense to lose 50 pounds in a year, or maybe it makes more sense to build a rocket to go to the moon instead of Mars. So all of these things will have an inherent plan. You don't have to know every single detail of the plan, but you do need to have a general idea of what needs to be accomplished each day, each week, each month to get to that end goal. As with everything, it's always a good idea to put it on paper, write it down. That act of actually writing things out helps you to retain them to memory. So take your definitions for motivation or what motivates your your why for doing exercise or whatever you're doing and write it down and do the same thing for your goals and your goal steps. 
So that way you can review it over and over and over again. And sure, you could copy it or take a picture of it and stick it in your phone so you can read it every day because reading it day in and day out is going to help get it into your subconscious mind, which is going to drive you to do the things that you need to do in order to accomplish that goal. All right, so this turned out to be a lot longer of an episode than I originally anticipated. So all those other things I was going to tell you at the end, yeah, I'm going to just do a special one for that um, because there's a lot for me to review for the last couple of years um, and different things that have happened. So anyways, uh, we'll end this back on track episode with the back on track section. So now we can all be back on track. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more information at fitnessmakeover.com. And for Strong and Powerful, you can visit strongandpowerful.com. On both of those channels, you'll find all the information you need about my social media and other activities and ways that we can connect.